you wanted the best, you've got the best podcast. The hottest, hottest. podcast in the, world. in the world. The Chris Voss Show, the preeminent podcast with guests so smart you may experience serious brain bleed. The CEOs, authors, thought leaders, visionaries, and motivators. Get ready, get ready. Strap yourself in. Keep your hands, arms, and legs inside the vehicle at all times because you're about to go on a monster education roller coaster with your brain. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the big show. We certainly appreciate you guys having you. And coming by the show, as always, the Chris Voss Show is the family that loves you but doesn't judge you. At least not as harshly as your dad does because you took apart his watch when he was when you were a kid and never put it back together. It was his favorite watch, damn it, and he'll hate you forever. But he, he does like your siblings much better. Anyway, guys, refer the show to your family, friends, and relatives. Go to goodreads.com, Fortress Chris Voss, LinkedIn.com, Fortress Chris Voss, the big LinkedIn newsletter, the 130,000 LinkedIn group over there. Chris Voss, one of the TikTok, and Chris Voss, Facebook.com. As always, for 15 years, we're bringing the smart people on the show to enlighten your minds and brighten your worlds and uh, boy that sounded like so good but i don't have the third part set up i just made up the first two and brighten and enlighten that's the spirit of the chris Foss show the ceos the billionaires the white house presidential advisors the pulitzer prize winners all of the great journalists we have on the show and they share with you the latest technology of what's going on in the world and we're going to be having that today one of our favorite popular topics to talk about these days that everyone seems to be doing Artificial intelligence. We have uh, Pinnacle AI, human intelligence, developing artificial intelligence on the show with us today. Their senior vice president of sales, John Julia, will be joining us. And he has a 35-year track record as a successful businessman and corporate executive. He's a co-founder of startup, a startup services company years ago, and he successfully grew a national brand through franchising, eventually selling to private investors. Over the past 25 years, John has served various account executives and sales leadership roles in the telecommunications and information technology industry with companies such as Verizon, Lumen, Technologies. And recently, before joining Pinnacle AI, John served as the vice president of sales for Think Forward, a rapidly growing IT, MSP, and systems integrator. Throughout his industry tenure, John has worked to with enterprise customers, helping them navigate the technology landscape, driving digital transformation. Welcome to the show, John. How are you? Good, Chris. Thanks. I appreciate you having me on. I appreciate the intro. You know, we're talking about artificial intelligence, the so one thing is for certain, right? The only intelligence you're going to get from from this side of the camera is artificial. I'll 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 I'll, tr- I'll try to entertain your audience. There you go. I think you do a good job because I'm a bot too. Yeah. You know, there you go. <laughs> so, John, give us a thirty thousand overview of who and what Pinnacle AI is. Yeah, absolutely, Chris. So at Pinnacle AI, we create proprietary and custom solutions designed around machine learning, generative AI, really to improve, optimize, modernize business systems, processes, and functions. There you go. So what does that mean in real world terms when it hits the ground? Yeah, one of our flagship products is a product we call Com AI. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really designed to modernize cloud infrastructure. Oh. We've identified a couple problems, right, over the years. You know, companies have migrated to migrated away from traditional data centers to the cloud mm-hmm. and not reading the fine print. There's not too many people that say they went to the cloud and saved money. There's, <laughs> there's a lot of hidden costs, mm-hmm. um, especially in what we call egress charges. And I think when companies, you know, when, when reality hits, they find many, many times that their budgets are blown up. It's been traditionally, 
the method of controlling costs in the cloud has been through services that we refer to as FinOps, really mm -hmm. kind of more of a right-sizing your cloud, in, cloud environment, making sure that it's efficient. But my partners and some of the folks that founded this company, what they really, what they really came to light was that the cloud companies, AWS, Google, Azure, they're all modernizing their environments, right? Mm -hmm. And if you're not modernizing that infrastructure, you're missing mm -hmm. the boat from an optimization, really from a cost savings perspective. So we've, divined, we, we've developed a tool mm -hmm. uh, using artificial intelligence and machine learning mm -hmm. to analyze customers' current cloud infrastructure. And then we built a recommendation engine that makes recommendations on the products and services that you should be using, develops the architectural diagrams, writes the Terraform code, provides the implementation guidelines. And, you know, again, we feel, you know, and we've seen dramatic savings when customers with their cloud expenses, right, when they actually modernize their cloud and their infrastructure, as opposed to just making it more efficient and optimizing the resources that they're currently using. There you go. So it's called Com-AI. What's the title of it stand for? What does that mean? Yeah, so Com-AI is Cloud Optimization and Modernization, right? We, we do a little play on the AI, right? Advisory and Implementation. Mm -hmm. So, you know, our platform, our tool, our transformer, again, is really built mm -hmm. on modernizing infrastructure, going from server-based infrastructure to server-less-based mm -hmm. infrastructure. Not only do we see a dramatic reduce in cost, but also functionality and, and really modernizing that environment mm -hmm. so that companies can run AI-driven applications. There you go. Cost optimization and modernization, advisory, and implementation, com-AI. And is this targeted mostly, you know, I've, I've heard the horror story sometimes where people go to AWS and, and suddenly they get a bill and they're like, we spent what? And right. with someone on OnlyFans, what's going on? So is it targeted only for AWS or other cloud providers? A handful of our founders came from AWS. So we, we're, we're, we're the, our tool can run in any cloud environment, mm. but it was really based off of the AWS product set. Mm -hmm. And the reality, Chris, is that mo most of the cloud companies, I mean, the, the products that they, you know, the, the products that they offer their customers, they're all similar, right? They, they, mm -hmm. they just use different names. Yeah. Yeah, it's all up in the clouds. It's in the sky there. Just woo, yeah, right. <laughs> uh, you offer, let's see, a few other products, generative A, data warehousing, AI consulting, and AWS services. Tell us about some of these other ones. Yeah, so again, it kind of gets back to, you know, the, the, the principle, right, of generative mm -hmm. AI, being able to take a set of data, enter it into the transformer, and have that transformer generate new, new content. Right. So when we look at some of our other products and services that we have out there, we're doing a lot in natural language processing, intelligent conversational chatbots, for example, document writing. We have a couple products in development right now that are geared towards education, you know, helping bridge the gap between, uh, uh, you know, some, some, of the, some of the learning discrepancies that we have between where people are in their learning curve and where they should be. We know that there's a growing gap, especially since COVID. You know, we're, 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 we're focused in education as well. 
But the, the, the application of generative AI, Chris, and this really kind of gets into the customization of, of products and services, mm-hmm. really can be applied to, to, to most aspects within businesses today. Hmm. There you go. It's, it's an interesting field. So tell us about the company. How did it get launched? Were you there for the startup effect of it? Or how did you guys come about? Yes. Back when I was working for a large service provider, I, I you know worked with a bunch of talented people that were kind of running our cloud practice. And, and, you know, over time, you know, people go on to different jobs and, you know, you lose, you lose touch. But over the summertime, I got a call from a handful of folks that I'd worked with. They had gone to work for AWS. <clears throat> and when they were at AWS, mm-hmm. One of the common problems that we initially started talking about cloud costs, you know, they, they saw intern, they were internal, right, to the machine. Mm-hmm. And they saw a lot of their customers again on legacy products and services mm-hmm. that really weren't given the guidance or the tools mm-hmm. to, to help them modernize their environment. One of the things, and I guess it's true with every business, you know, if you're, if you're a top spender with a company, you mm-hmm. get all the resources, right? Yeah. They love you. You're the best friend. Yeah. And then, right, unfortunately, the 80% of the general population, you know, they're kind of left to fend for for their own. <laughs> so this product, AI, has been in development for a little while. We started getting closer, obviously, to being able to go GA mm-hmm. uh, and essentially bring this to, to market. I received a call. Knowing the problem, working in technology and working with customers, seeing the problem of rising cloud costs mm-hmm. uh, and seeing customers really not being able to manage or modernize their environments to keep keep pace with current technologies, you know, re- really, you know, at that point, I decided to join the team and 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 help these guys go go to market. There you go. AI seems to, I mean, it seems to be creating a whole new world for us, maybe where you know everything everything seems to be AI and and the future of what AI can deliver in terms of automation, in terms of efficiency and everything else, seems to be something that is one of the great things that it holds. Yeah, absolutely, Chris. You know, what's interesting is that, you know, machine learning and AI, the principle's been around for a long time, right? You can mm-hmm. go back to the 50s, right? I think the first AI application was developed to actually play checkers, right? For <laughs> machine learning, right? We all remember Bobby Fischer playing the machine in chess, right? Oh, yeah. That was based off of machine learning war games, right? Matthew Broderick, right? Oh, yeah. yeah right? You know, yeah. taught the computer that tic-tac-toe, right? Nobody yeah. wins. But there's been a transformation over the past couple of years, probably somewhere five or six years. Companies like Google and OpenAI started to invest a lot of money and really kind of create new foundation models that allow data be to be trained without necessarily being labeled mm-hmm. and be self-supervised. Uh, so the dynamics have changed. And also, when we look at the processing that's required, the chip manufacturers, you know, have also developed chips that can process massive amounts of data. Mm-hmm. And the costs have come dramatically down. You know, historically, if you're a Fortune 100 company, you're right, you know, you mm-hmm. have billions of dollars in earnings, you know, you can go to an IBM, you know, pay, pay them, you know, $100 million a year to run Watson. But what we're finding today is that, right, the affordability and the ease of deployment of AI 
really can be right opened up to the opened up to the masses. Yeah. I think you see that with the Chat GPTs, right, of the world. Mm -hmm. Chat GPT just celebrated its one year, you know, one year birthday that came to market in November 2023. Has it been just one year? Yeah. So holy okay. crap. Yeah, time flies, you know, <laughs> or drags. It, it's wow that that really became a thing, man. Wow, yeah, just one year. It seems like it's feels like it's been around here for two years. Yeah, yeah, at least, right? At yeah. least, yeah. It's like well, I, I'm just barely catching on now. Damn it, slow down. Wait for me. Listen, thank thank God, thank 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 God for thank God for OpenAI and Google because you know, listen, I suffer from the writer's block just like anybody else. Yeah. Yeah, it, it helps us with a lot of stuff. We'll use it for questions on the show or show themes. It helps with so many different things. I have friends that talk to it daily. I'm like, I don't know what you're doing talking to it daily, but I guess if that works for you, have fun with that. But, yeah. you know, maybe you should get a wife or something if you're talking to it daily. I mean, you might, you might need some people over there at your house. But what are what other things? Are, are there other things that you guys are developing that you guys are planning on bringing to the market that maybe you can tease out to us? Or yeah. uh, what do you see there? We're working on a project getting back to the educational space. We're working on a project mm -hmm. we call we call Eper. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the things again, you know, that learning gap. One of the things that we've recognized, and I think you know, is is you know, fairly common sense. We all learn differently, Chris. Right? Mm -hmm. You know, some of us learn by you know watching a film. Some of us learn by reading. Some of us learn better by actually performing a task or an exercise. Mm -hmm. right? But when we look at the educational system today, right, it's a one size fits all. We jam 40, 40 kids into a classroom, right? And, you know, they're taught based on, you know, one format of, 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 of learning. Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> we're using computer vision with generative AI, right, to develop a platform where we can give a student a series of exams based on different learning methodologies. Watch mm -hmm. a movie. Uh, solve a problem, read a story, and then we can actually map different points within facial recognition, mm -hmm. tie that to some, you know, to some, some tests, and we can actually determine which is the best methodology for a particular student to learn. Uh -huh. we, think, we think that will go a long way in bridging the educational gap. Mm-hmm. That would be really interesting. I really struggle in school because I'm a tactile learner. If you show me, I, I can learn to do it. But if you try and if you try and explain it to me, my I just my brain glazes over, and I just don't get it. But if you teach me, if you let me do it once with you, and you go, that, that's how you do it. I, I'm like, okay, I can do this all day long. You know, I can drive to a place, and once I drive to a place, I know where to get back there. And like you mentioned, some people have different auditorial, kinetic, visual ways of learning. I, I, I like your concept of how, I didn't think about that with education, you know, people learn at different speeds. And right. and that's another thing too, when you can, you know, like one of the, my problems I had when I grew up in California was our education system was way far ahead of Utah by like two or three grades. And so when I came to Utah halfway through my elementary school or my elementary school, I I was like two years ahead of everybody. And I tuned out because I was like, this is stupid. Like, I already know all this. Like, I don't need to learn this again. Well, I stayed tuned out for the rest of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I'm, I'm not ashamed. My, my, my educational challenge is I was too worried about thinking where I was going to score the next six pack of beer, you know? There you so, go. 
That sounds like a teen thing. <laughs> there you go. Can you share a success story or case study where your your AI solutions impacted a client's business? Maybe can you tease one out? Yeah, abs- absolutely. So mm-hmm. we we have a customer right now. They're they're in the tech space as well, right? Mm-hmm. They have uh, uh, they have a business development team, and like most de- business development teams or most companies, are generally younger in nature, right? That's that's. You know, that's where a lot of people start, right? Hitting the phones, cold calling, sending out emails. When they when they happen to get one a prospect on the phone, right? An engineer mm-hmm. uh, or an architect, and they're asked a technical question, very often the response is, I'll have to get back to you. I'll have to go get an engineer. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a kiss of death for a salesperson. You got to fish oh, yeah. on the line. What are the chances of that person picking up? when the business development rep calls back. Yeah. So we're actually we've actually developing for them, right? There there's, you know, actually a a path for for the services that we're providing, a trajectory, right? But providing them like an intelligent chatbot, right? So all they have to do is query the machine when they're asked a question. And then we're training the data specifically on the technical content of this company. Oh, wow. So now the business development rep essentially, right, de facto becomes an engineer. Oh, right? wow. Phase two of that project is actually going to be converting the, 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 the audio to text mm-hmm. and now having the machine, having the transformer making live recommendations to the business development rep, right? So there's a handful of projects that we're working on that, you know, again, right, we're modernizing, optimizing that business and, and essentially increasing the effective sales rate of the business development team for the wow. for, for customer. There you go. And that way you can get that sale closed right on the money. Yeah. You don't have to sit there and wait. And, you know, I've seen some of the different talking AI that actually act as salespeople and, you know, they're doing a live call. You've probably seen that. It's quite yeah. extraordinary to watch. It's, 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 it's unbelievable. And I got to tell you, Chris, one of the technology is a great equalizer for business, right? Mm-hmm. Because again, you just get back to, it used to be that the only the largest of companies could afford the technology to drive efficiencies, mm-hmm. but you know, common day technology such as generative AI mm-hmm. can, can take the one or two person company, right? And make them look and act like a Fortune 100 company, mm-hmm. whether it's using the generative AI to develop marketing materials, right, to to reach mass audiences across the globe. That's one of the drivers for us as well. There you go. What's your guys' vision at to, to uh, being a player in the broader context of AI development and application globally? Yeah. Uh, you know, again, our, our focus uh, is... Um, you know, you can, you know, look, you know, Elon Musk and Neuralink, I think they just announced, right, that they just, they, they were just able to implant a, a chip, a sensor chip in a, in a human brain. Yeah. Um, you know, again, we're, we're primarily focused on business, on business functions, right? Mm-hmm. You know, as opposed to some of these other areas. Again, when we look at AI, you know, we put essentially artificial intelligence into categories, right? You know, we can look at narrow AI, really where we are today. And that is a machine that is performing specific tasks, but, right, needs human in the loop or human inter- inter- intervention, right? Much 
as we kind of go up the stack to general AI, right, mm -hmm. uh, or strong AI, and then to super AI, a lot of that, Chris, is is, is right is still theoretical, right? Mm -hmm. it's, it's still theoretical, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and I know that there's a lot of folks that are working in those areas. But again, our, our main focus is just improving the business function for everyday companies and really focusing on that mid-market. There you go. What, what are your thoughts on, on the ethical use of AI and ML in your projects, like concerning data, privacy, uh, things, security, things of that nature? Yeah. That, that's a great question, right? There's a, mm -hmm. there's a famous line from a movie, right? With the great power comes great responsibility. There you go. You know, so I think, you know, when you look back at, you know, really kind of the, you know, the history of technology, you know, whenever, you know, whenever something that is developed that's truly transformative, right, it can be used, right, to promote good and it can be used to, to, to promote bad or evil, right? Like the mm -hmm. uh, example I used, right, you know, you go back 80 years, there's this little project called the Manhattan Project, right? Uh -huh. uh, and right, technology created one of the most lethal weapons known to mankind. Mm -hmm. um, but the flip side of that is that we also we also developed a, a way to treat cancer. Mm -hmm. uh, we've also developed some of the cleanest energy in the world. Mm -hmm. uh, social media is the same thing. When you look at a lot of these social platforms, a lot of good has come from a lot of these social platforms. But again, just the other day, we had some of the tech giants in Capitol Hill talking about, right, you know, all of the bad, right, that can come about the Facebooks of the world and, and again, some of these other social platforms. So AI definitely represents some challenges, right, that there is a lot of good that can come from generative AI and machine learning, right? Mm -hmm. Again, when we look at education, when we look at being able to help businesses really become more efficient, more competitive in the marketplace, when we look at the exponential factor of how AI can be applied to research and development for new medicines, but there's also inherent risks, Chris, right? Mm -hmm. There's always going to be unscrupulous people yeah. looking to take advantage of a newer technology, right? To, to, you know, to, to game the, you know, the, the average Joe. There you go. You're almost going to have to have, good AI armies to fight the bad AI armies, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, yeah well, we see that with cybersecurity today, right? Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. I remember back in the day, right, before the internet, I was self-employed. I'd get these letters, right, you know, snail mail from somebody supposedly, right, you know, in another country that, you know, the, their family worked in the government and they needed, right, they wanted your bank account so they could, you know, so they could deposit a couple million dollars in your account, right? Like all scams, right? Mm -hmm. You know, scams through using the mail. Internet came along, right? The the criminal evolved. And AI comes along, the criminal is going to evolve again. Probably. Um, you know, in an ideal world, we'll stay one step ahead of them. But that's not <laughs> always the case. Yeah. So it'll be it'll be an interesting game. You know, we had we had someone on the on the show who's who has had an interesting slant on AI where they believe that the, let me see if I can pull it from the old noggin here, but basically they, they, they basically took, I think it was Darwin's theory of evolution species and stuff. And they believe that AI is, is its own species that we are creating a new species or it's creating itself. And 
we need to really kind of address AI as a new species. Any thoughts you have on that? Yeah. And again, this kind of gets into the theoretical part of, of mm -hmm. AI. Uh, you, you know, I just had this conversation the other day, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, when we talk about the capabilities and where AI can go, look, if you, you know, if you believe in a higher power, mm -hmm. right, you know, that, you know, we were, you know, all, all, all born, right, you know, mm -hmm. from, from a great, greater being, we all have our own identity. While I am open to the possibilities, right, of, right, of machines being able to not just recognize emotion, right, but actually to feel emotion and independent thought into mm -hmm. itself, I, I'm not sure, I, I'm not sure we're going to get there, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not sure we're going to get there. But uh, listen, it's an interesting theory, right, that yeah. at some point AI will evolve into its own sub-segment of species. Yeah, it, it's really interesting to think about. One of the one of the aspects of what the argument was is basically, you know, our, our paradigm of being human beings is pretty simple. We're designed to breed for the universe and propagate the species. And when it's when we're not pretty much doing that, it has a way of kind of going, yeah, we're just washing you out. So that's that's kind of that's kind of how it works. And we we spend all of our time, you know, everything we buy, everything we do, everything we're doing is trying to impress the other sex and you know make kids and then raise the kids and all that stuff but the interesting point that we kind of came to and i think it was sam harris who came to this i think i heard him talking with az16's andreessen mark andreessen and he and and the thing sam harris has said you know the interesting thing about ai is if it's its own species it it is going to have a different sort of paradigm and outlook that will have no limit compared to ours because ours pretty much operates in a, you know, the car I buy is to impress a girl. The, you know, the, the money I make, the job I take is, you know, it is to impress a girl and, and attract a mate and, and, and mate. But an AI species isn't going to have that sort of limit. It's not going to be trying to, you know, trying, it's not trying to make prom night. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, ho hopefully, ho hopefully not, right? Ho yeah, well, I mean, hopefully that'll change the excitement of prom night if that's the case. <laughs> be a weird dance floor, that's that's for sure. That, that but, uh, yeah, it'll AI, be a weird after party and tuxedos, but their their limit of what they're going to have to think about is going to be limitless compared yeah. to you know what we focus on running around a little maze of rat races, and so it'll be interesting to see where it goes, and and hopefully they decide to keep us around while they're at it. <laughs> yeah. I, I think what's interesting, again, when we look at Neuralink and what mm -hmm. Elon Musk is doing and as we're kind of mapping, like that's where it starts to get a little scary, right? When we start mapping out the human brainwaves. Yeah. And then, and then we, can, we can actually figure out, you know, not just how the human brain works, but how emotion is, is actually created, right? Yeah. Why is something funny to you and not funny to somebody else? Why mm -hmm. does something make one person sad and not and not somebody else, Chris. I always go back, right? And again, maybe this is my last gasp of faith and creationism, right? I I always go back to the periodic table, right? Uh -huh. There's a set of elements, a finite set of a set of elements that we've known about, right? That essentially make up everything on the face of the earth mm -hmm. uh, uh, today. But we can still not take those elements and create life. Right. We know the building blocks. Right. We can do just about anything, recreate any environment in a lab. 
but we still cannot create that single cell out of the elements that we know. Wow. So wow. I'm hoping, I, I'm I, again, I'm hoping that my, my faith, right, does not go unwarranted, hmm. right? And again, what makes us individuals, right, what makes Chris Voss, Chris Voss and John Julia, John Julia, is something that transcends a machine. There you go. Our ability to maybe create and think, or, or no, not think, but create. We're pretty good at creating, especially with emotion. Maybe that will separate us. Our ability yeah. to use emotion to create. There you go. So give us a final pitch out on the, on folks. Who's your target market? I, that, that's a good question, actually. Who's your target market? People out there listening on LinkedIn and stuff like that of companies that can onboard with you. Yeah, absolutely, Chris. So when we look at a target market, it's it's really depending on on again the the product set that we have on the market. When we look at Com AI, mm -hmm. and, uh, anybody that's bleeding out because of cloud costs, right? And especially those companies. Again, we see that there are two drivers for that product set. The first being what we what we right all know uh, mm -hmm. and how it affects the purse strings. The second driver, again, is that we're having this conversation about artificial intelligence. You, you still need you still need infrastructure that requires mm -hmm. high capacity of compute. Mm -hmm. uh, it requires significant database. And if your infrastructure is not modernized, you'll never be able to take advantage of some of these technologies that are now emerging. Yeah. Anybody that's dying at cloud costs or, or looking to take advantage of artificial intelligence, Right, Time AI is a solution that will certainly help you get there. From a market standpoint, again, um, right, like at the end of the day, we, you know, we're, we're we're really kind of focused on that, you know, S and B mid market, low enterprise space because those are the customers that really that really need it. They, they don't have teams of cloud architects to fall back on. They they don't have the budgets, right, to to go out and needlessly spend on, you know, on a whim or on a, on a guess, right? They can't swing and miss. Mm -hmm. um, you know, as far as our other products and services, especially as a, especially the products that, that revolve around nat natural language processing, again, you know, companies that are looking to compete, be more efficient, to be able to take on repetitive tasks and have predictable outcomes. Hmm. Those are the types of problems that we're looking to solve. There you go. And where can they go to find out more? Yeah, so you can reach us at pinnacleai.net. We are also on YouTube, LinkedIn, and Facebook. So yeah, I would love to, you know, would love to have folks come in and check us out. There's demos that we can take customers through to actually see the tools perform live. Uh, and, you know, appreciate the opportunity to give a little bit of a call out. Thank you. We certainly appreciate you coming on the show and enlightening us on the, the new things that are coming from AI and how the world's changing. And, man, you got to start learning AI. I can't believe it's only been a year for ChatGPT. Yeah, well, crazy. ChatGPT4, right? You know, I mean, OpenAI, yeah. right? 2016, yeah. 2017. But the, the technology is growing at an exponential rate at this point, right? Yeah. So. And it's just going to go faster. Like, I'm just trying to hold on at this point. And usually I'm up on things, but this is moving. Woohoo! Fast. Yeah. And, uh, I, I can remember the first time my father bought a fax machine. Mm -hmm. I can remember staring at that damn thing, <laughs> wondering how you could put a piece of paper in one end 
and the exact thing come out right you know yeah. three thousand miles away so i'm still trying to figure that out <laughs> yeah. absolutely where i'm at yeah, i'm come a long way thank yeah. you Chris. i appreciate it thank you very much we certainly appreciate it john so thanks my honest for tuning in go to goodreads.com fortress chris foss linkedin.com fortress chris foss the big linkedin newsletter subscribe to that baby it grows like a weed i didn't know there was that many people alive on linkedin and the big 130,000 LinkedIn group over there as well. Thanks for tuning in. Be good to each other. Stay safe. And we'll see you guys next time.